Thank you for your presence today. God cares for you. Be anxious for nothing. God shall supply all your need. Do not worry about what you will eat, drink, or put on. The promises in these words come from God. If we believe in Him, His word, and His promises, why do we worry? God has everything in control, just as He did yesterday, just as He will tomorrow, and just as He has right now. Listen closely as Pastor Rander encourages us to replace worry with trust. Have your Bible pen and paper handy. Do thank you. You are our all. You are the best. You are supreme. And God, all by yourself. We bless you. And we pray that you will use me now to preach in the power of your spirit. Help people to listen closely and receive and, and apply the truths from your divine word in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, turn with us to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25, verses 25 through 34. And there you'll find these words. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you? Of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And from that, my subject is, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? As we wake up each morning, doing the things we need, living life as best we know how, we soon discover people whose hearts are literally filled with worry. Husbands and wives are worried. Parents are worried. Children are stressed and worried. The elderly are worried. The workplace is filled with worried employees and employers. Politicians are worried. And even many of you here today came into the Lord's house and your heart, if the truth be told, 
is filled with worry in your life. As I petitioned the Lord for a message to preach, he gave me this message to share with you. For everyone under the sound of my voice needs this message, including me. We have all succumbed to worry at some point in our lives, even up to now. And even now, as you look at your circumstances, some of you under my voice, by radio, television, and in this congregation assembly, you are unsettled, you're nervous. Many of you are under intense pressure. Some of you are uncertain, and your life is filled with worry. As we look around, we can see that America is in trouble. How many of y'all know by now America is in big trouble? And people are in confusion. Say confusion. You look around and just see total chaos and confusion everywhere. Allow me to give you just a few of the kinds of confusion that this country is in. First of all, we have moral confusion, such as when does life begin? I need something, but I can't pay for it, so do I just take it? That's moral confusion. Moral confusion is this. Is homosexuality a natural born condition? Moral confusion. Then we have political confusion. Do I vote for a person who goes against what I believe biblically, regardless of party lines? Political confusion. Then we have confusions in the schools. Students have more rights and authority than the teacher. That's academic confusion. Then you have military confusion. Do I follow a direct order that is ungodly or do I disobey and face the consequences and trust God? If I disobey this order, will I have a reduction in rank or will I be put in confinement or do I trust God Believe God and leave the consequences to him. Then we have what you call fiscal confusion. Fiscal confusion. Why do I spend more money than I earn? Going deeper into debt and living paycheck to paycheck. Now, you know you're confused if you're spending more money than you earn You go from broke to broke to broke, and some of you are perpetually broke. You you can't save one dime because money burns your pocket. Then you have not only fiscal confusion, but then you have mental confusion. Mental confusion. Here's an example. People have an entitlement mentality thinking that America owes them something when it really doesn't. (laughs) That's called mental confusion. 
You walk, kids walk around, uh, uh, you owe me. Everybody, you got to owe me. You got to owe me. We don't believe in working by the sweat of our brows. We don't believe in giving God a good days of work. work. And so we just say, let the government do it. Now, I know that there are persons, many, who need the government assistance, and that has its place. And for those who need it, I believe they ought to tap into it. Amen. Amen. Because we are a country that ought to help our own, but not perpetually. There's a time that they need to rise up and walk and be a blessing and not just living on the system perpetually uh, because of laziness or what have you. Yeah, uh, entitlement. And uh, we expect from the government, but I'm going to tell you something, the government is so broke now until the... the government is really not in position to help you anymore. That's right. So you're going to have to turn to God. And even worse, many churches in America cannot rise and shine in this wicked, dog, decadent generation because the church is even in confusion due to a famine of the word of God. They're very few churches nowadays that are preaching the word of God for what it is, cutting it straight, preaching it in its grammatical, cultural context to the glory of God. Very few churches are doing expository preaching and teaching where you read the text, you interpret the text, and you apply the, apply the text. It's a lot of this feel-good stuff that tickles the ears, and you got a little fuzzy goosebumps. And you think you've had church. When you can get your shout on and act like the biggest devil when you walk out of here. Listen, the devil can outshout you. Confusion in the church. Because the word of God is nowhere to be found in many churches. And instead of the word of God in our churches today, we have entertainment. The gospel of prosperity. The churches, are, the churches today are run on emotions, run on traditions, and having a big social club-like fellowship. The scripture says in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law of your God. Many churches have forgotten the law of their God. And then God responds by saying, I also will forget your children. Wow. I will forget. Since you don't honor me, reverence me, Not only am I going to curse you, but I'm going to forget your children. Your rebellion has a direct effect on your children and your grandchildren. That's why we have to fight the good fight of faith right now. So with that being said, allow me to define worry. Allow me to define worry. What is worry? It means to be anxious. It means to be distracted. 
or to have a divided mind. It means to be anxious, distracted, or to have a divided mind. It is to have anxious thoughts, a troubled heart. It is to have a heaviness of heart. And even though the scripture is clear that worrying is a sin, I believe the sin of worrying is committed by Christians more than any other sin. Now, the difference between a concern and worry is that a concern will come up, you think about it, you process it, you address the issue as best you can, and you move on. Whereas worry just clings to you, dominates your thinking. As you turn that problem over and over and over in your mind, you are not able to just trust God and let it go. While it is legitimate to have concerns that all of us experience from dealing with the demands of life and the pressures of life, Concerns will turn into worry if we allow our problems and unresolved issues to dominate and consume our thinking. There's a distinct difference between being concerned and being worried. What are you worried about? Well, now that I gave the definition... You, you, some of you say, well, I, I, I ain't worried. Well, let's just check you out. Let's just see whether you're worried or not. What are the things we worry about? Inability to have children. Safety of our children. The choices our children make. Worried about terrorism. Worried about our health. The economy. The rising cost of college education. I'm not good enough. How will I make it alone? Some of you are worried about relatives in the military serving in harm's way in other countries. Some of you are worried about how, how people think of you. Some of you are worried about dying because you really uh, perhaps don't know the Lord. Some of you are worried about your bills. Some of you are worried about how will I ever forgive. Some of you are worried about the future. Some of you are worried about rejection. Some of you are worried about the inability to qualify for long-term disability insurance. The rising cost of health care insurance. Some of you are worried about the rising cost of living, such as food, utilities, gas, daycare, taxes, and so forth. Some of you are worried about what if my parents become dependent on me for support. Some of you are worried about will I ever get married? I'm 40. I'm 45. God, the clock is ticking down. Some of you worried about passing that exam. Some of you worried about getting caught. <laughs> not getting caught. I, I, I can tell you how to fix that one. Repent. Repent, confess, and pay restitution. And move on. No need worried about that. Uh, worried about getting caught. Fix that. And fix it quickly. <laughs> Some of you are worried about cancer. Some of you are worried about the sins of your past. Some of you are worried about being hurt again. You've been hurt so many times, you just don't want to be hurting more anymore. 
Some of you are worried about, what if my spouse commit adultery? You already think about how you're going to deal with that. Some of you are worried about dementia and Alzheimer's because it's just rampant in our society. Some of you are worried about right now the government shutdown, layoffs, loss of income, and the upcoming debt ceiling. Now, if, if I mash your button, raise your hand. Look at that. See, we all have something to be worried about. And this is not a comprehensive lift. You say, well, you didn't call mine. Well, whatever that is. <laughs> whatever that is. So I transition now. Why do Christians worry? Why do Christians worry? Number one, because we fail to take God at his word and believe without doubting. Because we fail to take God at his word and believe without doubting. Look at the commands of Jesus in this passage. Uh, Matthew 6, 25a says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Look at verse 28a. It says, so why do you worry about clothing? Look at verse 31a. Therefore, do not worry. Look at verse 34a. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Now, Jesus said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. He commands us, he instructs us, don't worry. And then we turn around and what? Worry. We do just the opposite of what Jesus says. Let me tell you something. Beloved, if we doubt what Jesus says, we will worry. Did you get that? You need to write that down. If we doubt what Jesus says, we will worry. Number two, why do Christians worry? Because we take our eyes off the Lord and focus on our circumstances, problems, the words of men, and not trust the word of the living God. We worry because we take our eyes off of the Lord and focus on our circumstances, our problems, and, and we focus and put more credibility on the words of men as opposed to trusting the authoritative word of the living God. Matthew 6, 24a says, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. I got something I want to say on this. The Lord gave me. Understand. Look, I want you to hear this well. This is a big one, y'all, so prepare yourself. Understand that a child of God, that as a child of God, he is orchestrating every detail of your life and is in complete control of your life from conception to death. Let me just, you, you got to get this. Understand, I'm going to help you not worry. Understand that as a child of God, God is orchestrating every detail of your life and is in complete control of your life from conception to death. He will not allow anything to come into your life without his divine permission. Did you get that? God will not allow anything to intrude your life without divine permission. Anything that happens to you God permitted it. 
permitted it, good or bad. He can take all things and work them for his glory and you're good. He can take bad and even work good out of bad. He will not allow anything to come into your life without his divine permission. Then what, whatever we're going through should not cause us to worry. When you know that he's in control, when you know that he's in charge, and when you know that God allows nothing uh, to happen to you that has not been sifted through his hands, then we can trust God and not worry. Number three, why do Christians worry? Because of a loss of spiritual perspective. Because of a loss of spiritual perspective. First Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Underline that. But we have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2, 5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Listen, my friends, the mind of Christ will give us a spiritual perspective in the midst of crises, in the midst of problems and in the midst of our issues. The mind of Christ will give us a spiritual uh, perspective and will not allow worry to gain a stronghold in our minds. So when you're cultivating the mind of Christ, when you're reading the word of God, meditating over the word of God, memorizing the word of God, actualizing the word of God. Listen, there is a defense system built up in your mind that will keep worry from becoming a stronghold in your thinking. And many of you worry gets the best of you and you have all kind of mental issues and your mentality is all confused simply because you have not cultivated the mind of Christ. And why have you not cultivated the mind of Christ? Because you're into your iPhone as opposed to the word of God. You go to bed with the television on, you wake up with the television on, you're all over the internet, you're with this friend and that friend, you're Mr. and Mr. and Mrs. Social Elite, you had all the sports game, you'd watch every college game on television, you had all the high school game, and then you wonder why you worry, because there's not enough of the word of God built up in your mind to be a defense system to keep worry from becoming a stronghold in your mind. Number four, why do we worry? Because of a lack of faith. Because of a lack of faith. Look at Matthew 6.30. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Ooh, God gave me revelation in this little passage here. Beloved, do you not realize that if God takes care of the grass, say grass. grass. When is the last time you ever thought about God taking care of the grass? You walk on it, play on it, mow it. <laughs> if God takes care of the grass, which has such a short lifespan, will he not much more clothe you, oh, you Maranathians? Of little faith. I got some good news for you. 
the God that grows your grass will take care of you. <laughs> you know, God, God, the, the grass, little lifespan. It grows up. Oh, grass getting too cold, too tall. You go out, bush, and then you bag it up. Let the garbage guy, a lady, come and haul it away. And yet with that little life future of the grass that you like, you water it, you put fertilizer on it and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and, say, and yet God says, now your life is worth more than grass. If I take care of a single blade of grass, you who are the crown of my creation, you who are made in my image, and my likeness, will I not take care of you? Why do we worry? Because of a lack of contentment with God. Because of a lack of contentment with God. Philippians 4.11 says, not that I speak in regard of need, I have learned in what, whatever state I am to be content. 1 Timothy 6, chapter 6, verses 6 and 8 says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out, and having food and clothing, with these we shall be what? Content. Listen, beloved, when you live godly and become satisfied and content with Jesus alone, say alone. Not satisfied with Jesus in your technology, technology, Jesus and your friend, Jesus and your pleasures, Jesus alone, your heart will be set at ease, your heart will be serene, your heart will be at rest, and your heart will be untroubled. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683.